This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Soup, for Vegan Brian. I'm joined by David Theobaldith. Send help, it's hot. <laughs> How hot is it? Currently 90.01 degrees in this room I'm recording in. You're welcome, people. I'm suffering for you. It is a very special episode today. For the first time in a while, we have a brand new guest host with us today, a um, indie comic book creator of um, Worthy Chaos Comics. Chris Grant has joined us. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. It is so cool to have you. And um, um, for our patrons, we have our video of this episode. And if you want to see the video of this episode, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. But Carissa has some fa fabulous artwork banners behind her that we get to enjoy through this whole episode. I'm so <laughs> jazzed to have that. Um, so um, for listeners that um, haven't haven't talked to you before or haven't met ah. <laughs> for listeners that don't know you please uh, give us a quick intro about yourself um i'm carissa grant i started writing as a role player i role played as claire redfield for 15 years from uh resident evil 2 and i rp'd this story for about two and a half years and uh i have over a hundred plus issues already written for this series and uh yeah I'm just obsessed with it. So I'm here to talk about it. And I am, I am, yeah. I am really jazzed. Uh, you said, so you're actually our first guest to cold look us up. And, you know, we've, we, we spend a lot of time hunting guests down. So it's yeah, really cool to have somebody just find us. We get referrals, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just so pleased it's punch. And the, I'm also very happy to learn we have a lot more in common than I thought we did. I am also an RP. I've been role playing for 15 years myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started as a, a one liner and now mm. I do 6,000 words a reply. So sweet. Um, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm dyslexic. So one line was like a big deal. And now. Ooh, God I damn. All right. <laughs> I can't even like understand how I can only do one line. Like someone the other day tried. It asked me to explain role playing, and I was like, I I started as a one liner, and I was like, how did I role play as one level? What did I do as one? But yeah, so uh, now I I write nonstop, and my story uh, just passed one million words about two weeks ago. So, um, it has quite a bit of writing in there. That's, that's you know, awesome. we had a big discussion before the show even started about how long this intro was going to go. But now I have to ask a question for clarification. I know what you guys are talking about, but I don't know if everyone else would. Um, 
What do you guys mean by role playing? Well, my version of role playing is online yeah. only. Um, so there's a couple of different versions. There's tabletop, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons. There's uh, LARPing, which is live action role play. Um, and I never done that. I, I did cosplaying. Um, I don't know if you guys know anime at all, but I did Deetlit from Lotus War and Kagome from Inyasha. But um, I mean, it points to nerve background. <laughs> yeah. So um, for my, my version of role playing, I pretty much write it to somebody else. So I will write a chapter to somebody and then about my character and what's going on in the situation. And then that person will write it back and write a complete reaction to it with yep. their character. So like my story, when you're reading my story, there's two main characters. There's Seraphina, who is an angel descendant, uh, supernatural hunter. And then there's Draven, who's a demon descendant and an assassin. I write all of Seraphina's actions and speech and thoughts and everything. And my co-writer will write everything Draven. So when you're reading it, it's two completely different characters because that's how a role play works. I write a chapter and she writes her version of it through her character's eyes. So it's two chapters written by two different people. It's quite oh. literally cooperative storytelling. It's great. That is so cool to talk to people who can introduce a hobby to us. I I know what that is because I've known people who've done it, but I have no personal experience with it. And I think it's really cool. I've been tabletop role-playing for years, but the whole idea of like chat or letter role-playing is a really, really cool thing that's been around for a very long time. And it's neat to meet people that can talk about it. We're, um, David, note that one because we're gonna have to do that as a topic sure because we've never done that before no, it, you know it's, it is it's a niche I, hobby i will admit it is a very niche corner of the uh of the the nerddom marketplace but i have but not I've, found too many people that do as i do it's 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 awesome to see us around yeah uh, yeah they i mean i've been told lately especially the last two weeks that they want me to do a tabletop rp for my story because it would make a very good role play since it's from a role play um, I would have, I wouldn't have the foggiest of how to do that. I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. I mean, there's cool things in there. We have zombie mermans and zombies and ghosts Ooh, and nice. hellhounds and demons and angels and vampires. So, I mean, I could probably figure it out, but, uh, yeah, as far as role-playing, I just write a lot. I mean, I, I think my usual replies now are between, I think my last reply was the end of book five of the spinoff. So it was 8.5 thousand words so that was probably one of my longest i just kept That's adding insane. to it and adding i to am it. i am in nowhere near I, I i barely even play the same sport comparatively <laughs> let alone being in the same ballpark i don't even play the same sport I mean, that's I've insane i've been doing it for 17 and a half years yeah. and, uh claire redfield was for 15 of those years and you wouldn't believe how much drama is in role play it's like everything has drama i know oh yeah but man these people are i mean You're, some of them I mean, are crazy Depending on the characters you're playing, you're literally helping write your own soap opera. It's yeah. it's so, amazing. <laughs> I, I have I have come to the conclusion that uh, novel air role playing, which is what I do now, uh, has way less drama because it's a lot harder to get the drama when you're writing like five thousand words. Um, but one lining, man, I I I one line is Claire Redfield, and nobody knows this, so here's a secret for you. And as Wesker, so fifteen, you know, from seventeen years ago when I took over the entire net of being Wesker and Claire, and nobody knew that I was both people. Um, that caused a lot of drama, but uh, <laughs> was, and I was ruthless as Wesker, like I was awesome. Um, and yeah, I I kind of missed those days, but man, I would sit in front of my computer from eight a.m. to 
8 a.m. Like I got up for quick food and go to the bathroom and then I would be back on my computer. Like I was there. I remember I had, I was in the middle of a really intense role play and um, I was supposed to start my new job. So I went to bed at 4 a.m. And oh, then no. woke up at like 6.30. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. And wow. like I was almost falling asleep during the job, during the um. Wow, I mean, that's funny. Like, oh, she was fall. I got in trouble for it too. I got it was like my first day on the job. They were like, we heard that you were falling asleep, and I was like, oh, I have the flu or something. I don't know. That's funny. That's so cool. Uh, wow. I so we're we're our topic today is actually nerd culture and mental health. But first, oh right, uh, but first we're gonna play everyone's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Where we uh, talk about the nerdy things we've done over the past couple weeks, and then we vote using Mike Myler's patented widget system. So, um, and we'll explain how that works right at the end of the game. So the way this works is we'll take turns sharing the nerdiest things we've done the last few weeks. As our guest host, you get to go first. Yep, first so curveball. what's been nerdy with you? I should go last. Nope, first, go. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know. I wrote a comic book. That's pretty damn nerdy. That's perfectly fun. Yeah. <laughs> so what what uh, what comic did you write? Uh, well, I mean, I'm converting my script. So I was in the middle of a zombie infestation, and uh, I think my character got bit. And, oh no. And- uh yeah yeah i can't tell you uh what happens with that but uh she got bit and the other characters wanted to shoot her and her soulmate stopped them and said that he would rip them apart with his bare hands if they did so uh yeah i'm somewhere in the middle of that (laughs) you know doing your doing your passion as a job is an extremely nerdy thing and it 100 counts um you know (laughs) we have prop makers come on the show and when it's time for them to do their nerdy thing they go i made a prop this Switch. <laughs> and then we also get those people that just come in and casually name drop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than Anna. that, I, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've been doing mostly stuffs around my, co- I, I pretty much live and breathe my comic. Um, nice. Yeah, I, let's see, I say I either think, dream, talk, read, write, script, or, um, you know, fantasize about what my story is doing. So, and I, and I have very intense dreams sometimes on it. Like the like a couple months, maybe a month ago, I had this really really weird dream um, about uh, she was. So my character is in the middle of a maze, and I had to get her to get to the center to get the trying to get the soul blade that. If it stabs you, it steals your soul. So they're trying to steal it because it's supposed to be used on her. Anyway, I had I was trying to think of before I went to bed how to make it interesting to get through the maze. So I had a dream that the, there was this saying on the wall that said only the purest spirit can get find the center. So they thought it was her because she's an angel ascendant. So she touched it, and what it did was it separated her spirit soul from her body. So she technically died. So the only way to find the way to the center was to walk through the walls and tell the other ones where to go um so i it turned out to be an incredibly intense you know six thousand word reply so but i I hadn't planned it but when i said when i had a dream about it i was like that is so fucking perfect so i got up and i wrote it and uh it worked so so well and um yeah i yeah that, I, I have it. to say, all the times I managed to get myself to write something down that I dreamt, it was always worthwhile. Every time. It's just the best when trying to come up with something creative. Well, the spinoff is technically... So we have five five novels for this story for We're the Chaos Redemption, and we have five novels for the spinoff. The spinoff started because of a dream. 
I had a dream that they were teenagers in a cabin. So in my story, they had they separated for 10 years thinking each other was dead. Um, But in this, the dream, they were together. So I was like, I wonder what would happen if they never got separated for 10 years and then had to survive together as teenagers. So that actually that dream started five novels worth of of uh writing and it actually turned into an incredibly awesome 40 issue story so uh oh that's so cool dreams are awesome so yeah that's so cool i just love how passionate you are about it that's that's amazing um (laughs) david david what was nerdy with you um shit uh (laughs) beat writing a Uh, comic buddy (laughs) uh yeah no I, i honestly not much has been very nerdy with me i've just been working hard uh trying to not sweat to death slowly um well, you you just recently you just recently had an hour's change and it's blazing hot there yeah yeah uh you know you'd think getting up an hour earlier to go to work would not be that difficult but as it's turning out it is more difficult than you'd think and going to bed earlier when it's hot is hard oh yeah. how is it affecting your nerdy stuff like are you able to game are you able to do anything i i am but everything comes with that just there's just an overall sourness to things just because of how hot and miserable everything is. I am a large person and I do not do well in extreme heats and extreme humidities. And currently we've been in the middle of both and it is not fun. Uh, you don't have AC? You need AC. It's a long story. And it's always nice here in the summer. But, but, bonus episode. We'll, bonus we'll talk about episode. that in the bonus episode. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, I haven't really done too much nerdy lately. I started re-re-re-reading my uh, X-Wing series novels because I needed something to read while I'm on the throne. That's about the nerdiest thing I've done is my end time. <laughs> I used to be all about anime. I haven't watched anime the last full show i watched was kill the kill i i used to be much more into it like i watched it all the time now i, I just i'm just re-watching inuyasha from the beginning um, fair enough so i think i'm up to like 50 something so oh, nice. I, I, oh I, had- I need to do that again it's been a yeah. long time well, I actually was into Inuyasha before it was in the U.S., so I had to have people from uh, Japan send me the PAL tape. Oh, so wow. Okay. Watch them straight from the TV without subtitles. That's how obsessed I was with Inuyasha before it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, see, I, I got into Inuyasha on uh, a tsunami. So, well, what is. I'm way older than you. Is there so, is there a term for anime hipster? Uh, uh, it's oh, old. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Bennett the Sage coined the term old taku. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I used to go. I used to go to anime conventions. So I went to Katsukan, Otakon. Uh, I dressed up as Deetlit the Elf from Lotus War. I dressed up as Kagome from Inuyasha. Um, nice. Back in the day, sounds really old. Back in the day, I was like one of like zero other girls that were there. <laughs> like it was. Like, I, went, I, I mean, went you're not. Like, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went with like seven guys, and we all stayed in the same hotel room. All of them were terrified to stay in the bed with me, so I had the bed all to myself. Nice. Um, and uh, they were always jealous because I would get all the free stuff, all the discounts, um, you know, and fond over. So I loved it, of course. Um, <laughs> they were the ones that got me into anime. They wa- They made me watch Lotus war and as a dyslexic i was i missed like the first five minutes so i couldn't get myself to concentrate on the rest uh, i don't know if you've ever seen lotus war if you haven't it's dungeons and dragons in anime for a form and it's phenomenal the art is phenomenal the story 
is phenomenal. It's short. I think it's like 13 episodes. Anyway, so I went out, I borrowed it from them, went home, watched it, and then I wound up buying the entire box set, which back then is expensive as hell. So um, I think it was like 130 bucks, which... I mean, this is like the 90s, so <laughs> that was a lot. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was it. That I got so obsessed with it, and then the, okay. the guys, yeah. you know. See, my, my first anime, the actual first anime I ever watched was uh, 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 was uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So <laughs> That is a very popular anime for my time as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, that I, was I, that was my baptism into the world that is anime. <laughs> yeah, you should if you if. Yeah, you, you should watch Lotus Wear. That's really good. I've seen it before. Um, I used to have next door neighbors that were always inviting me to over for anime. But honestly, we watched so much anime over there that everything kind of blended together. <laughs> the only things that you, you have to you have to make sure you watch it all because it's pretty much Dungeons and Dragons. They have the theme. Yeah the cleric the elf uh fighter so yeah you gotta what's yeah. that controversial anime that's D D based it um the one that um something about goblins um oh god it's super controversial no controversial how um because a goblin raped someone in the first episode it's pretty bad then i have not um, seen that one i watched no goblin one. slayer oh i've never seen that oh one. yeah and I, I i saw the the show actually looked pretty interesting but i wasn't interested in something like that it was just so graphic that it was just not worth it it was um really really surprising for something that wasn't like geared as an adults only anime <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was a definite surprise nice so um my thing um i have a couple um i reluctantly went to see the barbie movie not because it was the barbie movie oh shit okay yeah i saw oppenheimer sorry go ahead <laughs> Guys, it's supposed to be your double feature that's apparently the new thing oh yeah barbenheimer yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't I, either so i will probably yeah. watch barbie when it's free on demand the um, reason why it was reluctant is because i don't go to the movies during the week i only go on the weekend and i got talked into going by my mom and my wife and we <laughs> went and i very much enjoyed it i do have to say it was it was mind-bending in places to the point where I could feel my brain kind of straining to contemplate what I was watching. It was such a bizarre movie, but I really enjoyed it. It was it was it was quite good. It made me laugh quite a bit, but it was very weird. On it the was... other end of the spectrum, Oppenheimer was very, very good. Christopher Nolan does an excellent <laughs> job. The performances are rock solid and very well written script. And it was an enjoyable experience. Cool. It's a long movie. It's like three hours long. It what wasn't the that? first movie about the Manhattan Project, I don't believe. No, it's I, not the first. But I understand people are saying it's the best now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Over the original Manhattan Project movie. So that's, that's cool. Fantastic film. And then the other thing I did was I got a shirt that is patterned <laughs> after one of the original Dungeons and Dragons box sets. And wow. instead of Dungeons and Dragons, it says Cookies and Monsters. And it has a bunch of cookies in in like adventurers outfits running away from a giant cookie monster for anybody so that wishes to see the actual ver the actual ver shot of that shirt can see it on our patreon at patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio uh-oh uh-oh uh -oh. what did you do brian what did you do <laughs> this is uh the dragons they're playing i think it's humans and what is it <laughs> oh wow that's cool yeah. yeah so uh my husband got this for me this is that's one of the amazing. first things oh got. that's cool 
Um, but yeah, houses, houses and humans. Houses and humans. Yep. Yeah. So the <laughs> no, he's gonna make you work Saturday. <laughs> yeah. There's a um, there's a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern that um is a podcast that's being broadcast from a fantasy world, and in that fantasy world, they play offices and bosses. <laughs> Nice. And the show actually spun off into a podcast called Offices and Bosses, That's where funny. the entire it's a live play show of a fake role playing game. <laughs> now I want to come up with a comic with with dragons playing uh, houses and humans. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anyway, your shirt rules. I like it. Oh, thanks. I just got it. It it literally arrived 10 minutes before I started the Zoom call. Nice. nice. Yeah, it was perfect timing. See, I've got a blue one in much the same, uh, the much the same style, but it says, uh, it it says, uh, uh, uh mushrooms and monsters. And it's, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's called Castles and Koopas. Excuse me. Nice. And it's Mario Brothers themed, obviously. I have, I, I got a second shirt too, and I thought I had it here to show off, but I don't. Um, so maybe another I, time. I, have uh, this, I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> um, for listeners, yeah. it is a shirt with artwork from the comics. Which yeah, is it's, also uh, on the back wall. <laughs> it's Seraphina and Draven, and there's our um, uh, zombie vampire reaching out for them because our well, it's a long story, but our 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 subspecies of vampires are clotters, and if they don't feed directly from humans, then they start to decompose like uh, zombies. Um, Lovely. Yeah. So, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now it's time for voting. Um, a very good friend of ours, Mike Myler, invented a scoring system for this. Um, he is a game designer, and basically, we call this Mike Myler's widget system, where each of us gets a number of widgets equal to the number of guests plus one. So we're each going to get four, and then we just give them to other people or yourself, depending on the nerdiness of what you thought you heard. Um, so, Carissa, you have four widgets. Who would you like to give them to and why? Um, I'm cooler, so I'm doing two for me and one for each of you. There you awesome. Go. <laughs> there you go. I really appreciate that a first-time guest He's has the afraid. audacity <laughs> to just drop them on themselves. <laughs> and you know because of that. David, David, what are you doing with yours? Oh, I'm giving all four to Carissa because that's oh, a okay. balls. Oh. Thanks, I, man. Oh yeah, you got this. I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two to Carissa because <laughs> just the whole story about coming up with the writing idea from a dream. I I I really appreciate that because when you eat, breathe, and sleep <laughs> your work, it is the epitome of nerdiness because nerdiness and obsession go hand in hand. And right. and I appreciate a good work ethic too. Oh, thank um, you. And then my other two are gonna go to myself wow. because also I have also proving been you're a terrible person. Yes, <laughs> I have been emboldened. Before we move on to topic, oh, 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 um, oh, uh, Carissa, because you won, um, you get to win the widgets. So the widgets are on their way to you right now. They are hitchhiking. If they accrue any expenses, you are expected to pay them when they arrive. Figures. <laughs> um, also, you have to make sure they take their pills on time. Yeah, yeah, you have to make sure they take your pills on time. The subscriptions. I being... feel like I lost this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a losing battle. I think I should have known the rules before. I and that's but... why we don't tell you the rules before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. It's okay. Some former guests who've won have gotten widgets that were radioactive, so you actually lucked out. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we bred that out of them. It took a while, but we were able nice. to do it. Nice. Um, before we move on to topic, I do have an announcement to make. Um, oh, hold on, um, Brace. Now, I am going to spell this before I pronounce it because I have talked um, uh, this particular um, we have a new patron um, on our e- even more nerdy patron level. 
Um, oh, yeah, which is right. Our $5 level. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we've talked about the spell it, the pronunciation of your name, um, but I'm on the show, so I'm under pressure. I believe it's Kia, but I know my Finnish pronunciation is not great. So, um, Kia, thank you very much for joining us um, on our pay- on our in our community. We've you've already participated a great deal on Discord. Uh, thank you for starting so many conversations and actually starting the thread for our topic conversation for last episode. So, thank you so much and welcome. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. And, I'm- and if you'd like Brian to butcher your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if anybody else would like me to butcher your name on the show, that up as a $5 patron, I'll give you a shout out and you could join us on Discord and let us know how badly I, I garbled it. Um, <laughs> um, Kia is another member of the Minecraft server I play on. So I'm just being showered in support. And our whole podcast is as well. So thanks so much, Kia. Uh, it's it's very, very cool to have you. And it has been very cool to play with you. So I just love having you <laughs> part of the two, communi- com- two communities I'm part of. So thanks. Um, so we're talking about um, what can be a very sensitive topic. We're talking about um, nerd culture, mental health. Um, nobody's expected to talk about anything that makes them uncomfortable. So if it ever goes in that direction, we can, you know, let each other know. We can do it in the chat if you don't want to do it out loud. Um, but I'm mostly we're just going to be talking about how being a nerd can be good for your mental health and how we try mostly on the positive. There, I mean, we've already had mentions about drama in communities and stuff, and we'll definitely touch on the negative too um but um i do want to ask you chris uh, you you actually went through our topics and picked this one was there any specific reason for that or did it just seem like the most interesting or um i mean i i haven't had a huge uh issue uh personally with it um but i have always been around it my father was critically depressed in an institution my mother was critically depressed um People that I've written with are always uh, having issues or depression or everything. So I'm I'm surrounded by it a lot. Uh, so I understand it probably more than most people. And um, I I am. Um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting topic uh, because, I mean, I, I hung around with nerds my whole life. Um, so I didn't marry one, but I turned him into one. So um, <laughs> so, you, like, so what you're saying is, is you're a carrier. Yeah, yeah. So like people yeah, get I, nerd around you. Yeah, because I, I dated nerds my whole life. Um, and I when I met my husband, I was like, you are not a nerd. Um, but you will be. Did it happen after you bit him or before? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, the worst part is he, so he's eight years younger than me. So like I, I had to have him watch Ghostbusters. I had to have him watch Roger Rabbit. I mean, he, he's never watched eighties movies because even when he was, you know, he was alive in the eighties, but his parents wouldn't let him watch these movies. And uh, it's crazy. So yeah, I've had to nerdify him and it's, it's gotten, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. We're, we're, we're getting through it. Um, but I got him through 55 uh, episodes of Inuyasha so far. So granted I have to watch it dubbed with him. 
whatever. Um, it's actually not that bad, uh, considering Viz. We used to wear buttons that say, Viz, get out of our biz. So they used to be uh, horrible. Oh, yeah. Dubbing. No, they were terrible. It was great. Terrible. But they used, I like, the same say, five voice actors for every yeah. show. And they were and, and terrible. The, the, the girls are always these high-pitched freaks. Oh, yeah. um, oh, but yeah. Inuyasha is actually very good. Um, I do, even though I'm dyslexic, do prefer um, subtitled. Uh, but uh, I'll take what I can get. Uh, with my husband because he's he is not a reader. Um, I know. I know. Learning disabilities and reading disabilities are part are like ad- are mental health adjacent. I imagine that subtitles is probably helpful in a way. It's like practice, right? Um, it is, but also I have my my which no one ever talks about. So it's actually you're right. It it, it is very mental because nobody understands dyslexia. They always think all you see is letters backwards. There's actually a ton of stuff. For example. I took a test for it, and and I was an adult when I found out that I was dyslexic. I took a test for it, and if you get 10, you consider yourself dyslexic, and I got 38. So um, my biggest thing is mine's actually extremely verbal. Like, you cannot give me uh, numbers, more than two to three numbers at a time. You can't spell things really fast, uh, because as, as dyslexic, the worst thing, and and I, I used to warn everyone I dated, uh, you cannot ask me to sound something out because if i ask you how to spell it i obviously don't know how to spell it um and telling someone that's dyslexic to to sound it out is a a complete and horrible like anxiety like i don't have a lot of anxiety problems but that'll do it because that and when someone asked me how to say someone's last name then i i couldn't have pronounced that person's name um but uh it would cause panic attacks and i i just it was just awful so when people are like oh sound it out i'd be like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you um but uh yeah i so anything verbally so when I'm watching, sometimes I don't actually get the words they say and the subtitles will actually help it. So um, and I have perfect hearing because I actually got tested and they I don't know if I cheated somehow, but she's like, you have supersonic hearing. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> How do you cheat at a sound test? Well, I do know. I I mean, <laughs> OK, so I do remember that the stupid dots, the beeping sounds were mm-hmm. spaced out perfectly. And I don't know if you know this about dyslexics, but we are amazing at calculating time times and distances which freaks out my husband while i'm driving but um i could tell when the dot when the 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 dots would be based on the rhythm that they were on so i i don't know if i heard them or i imagined i heard them and i just went with the pattern so i i don't really know but she said i had supersonic hearing it's Uh, like daredevil with dyslexia instead of blindness (laughs) (laughs) i actually love bats and i have bats over there and i i I love bats so yeah i could be using echolocation anytime um but yeah dyslexia was always an issue with numbers uh i would look at a zip code before i mailed something like 17 times and i would send it off and it would be wrong i uh i could not handle the spell checks could not handle me when i was younger like the spell check i i couldn't spell the word enough for the spell check to check it <laughs> uh, uh, my my phone if i could pronounce the word correctly which sometimes happens um my phone will help me because i can say how do you spell so and so if i can't pronounce it google helps me word hates me um but google's a little better so here's the tricky part so i don't know where i learned these words but somehow i have a tremendous amount of vocabulary in my head so much so that um, there are words that I can't, I know what they mean, I know how to use them, but I cannot spell them. So my whole life, I've had to dumb down my writing because I'd have to go through my thesaurus in my head and be like, okay, so uh, what's another word that means this? And I have to go through this because, you know, we didn't have Google in my day. Um, Now, um, I could either say the word if I could figure it out how to say it, 
or I could dumb down the word and Google it and get this, you know, the uh, words that are like it. So um, technology has helped me. Uh, it's probably hurt me more than it's helped me, but it does help me. Um, so that that's always been important because I, I, I hated dumbing down my writing um, because it's it's a horrible practice. I mean, it's it's great for Tesaurus practice. Um, but yeah, it, it's always been an issue. But the subtitles do help me for both. Um, for one, I know Japanese to a degree, so it actually helped me correct the Japanese that I'm watching and reading. Um, but it does help me connect the verbal word, you know, and the uh, the written word. So I almost watch everything. I'm one of those people that people bitch about, like, oh, they have to watch the subtitles. I always have subtitles on. I um, would like to let you know that my wife and I are a couple of those people, too. Awesome. I also, we, I also no matter what we're watching, on. we always have subtitles on. Yeah. Because <laughs> I find that I just miss things if I don't have them. Mm. Uh, my first movie I ever saw with t- subtitles was Brotherhood of the Wolf. I don't which Oh, it's a Mark Dacascos movie. It's great. Um, it is a French film that's loosely based on Hound of the Baskervilles, the oh. Sherlock Holmes story. Yeah. But it's about a French aristocrat and his Native American sidekick. And they go into the French countryside because there's stories about like a giant Jaws-like wolf killing people. And it is a really, really cool martial arts movie. And you would never know because it is such a cool film. Um, and I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I, I did the thing where you go on a little bit of a drive to go to a specific movie theater to see a limited run movie for it. And it is such a cool film. I think um, I was early 2000s, maybe 2001, 2002, something like that. That was my my college days. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, also, uh, uh, Carissa used a word there that some of our younger uh uh, people might not know a thesaurus if you don't know what thesaurus is get a dictionary and work your way forward it's yeah. that's a that's a kind I of dinosaur I said right MySpace by accident a lot of people don't know what MySpace is <laughs> or sometimes i say encyclopedia and i know they don't know what that means because i used to have to run to the living room to climb the shelves to get to the encyclopedia and then i'd have to figure out how to spell the word to look it up in the encyclopedia i, I think this dark entire ages. episode you've been underestimating the age sum of the host specifically me <laughs> because i actually me. having to do papers in school with an encyclopedia my grandparents had one and i had to go into my grandparents library to study yeah i mean i mean so this begs the question how old do you think i am <laughs> i have no idea we um, we'll talk about that after the show because I don't want to bring up ages on the show. But I, I'm 45. I don't I don't care. Okay. Knows. Um, but I was born. Well, you so- you are one year older than me. <laughs> See, I'm the oldest. I <laughs> uh, and lose at the same time. Um, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> I I remember those days. Uh, the 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 tricky days. But the, you know what? I like them. I I enjoyed my childhood. I I think that uh, today's technology is ruined in many many people's childhoods um so but yeah i don't i don't miss the encyclopedias well i i, I lose a little bit but i i have i have some nostalgia for them i i do really i i work in tech so i really enjoy technology um i um so usually do you have any questions for one of us about uh, um about the topic what do you have any questions for one of us about the topic about mental health and nerd culture um no but you could talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i well david what um what is um what do you think the relationship between nerd culture and mental health is nerd culture is 
an outlet for a lot of people that for a long time the were on a fringe of society and for a long, very long time everyone on that fringe was lumped in with everyone else on the fringe to where it was considered you know just one corner so you know most people that had mental issues were also nerds and vice versa and you know the activities were all roughly shared together and lumped together and it's only in the last you know decade or so that we've really seen the true separation of the two and and there's been more open discussion about them in both but i think an important factor is you know back in the day if if you're a nerd generally you like you said are you're more alone unless you find you know people to similar whatever but now online like i did i mean there's role playing i mean i met almost all my friends through role playing um so as a nerd you can you know i think depression ran a lot with nerds because you're lonely or you're outcast or whatever and like the people that would role play it's an outlet you know or people that Mm -hmm. watch anime or tabletops or or fantasize or or anime and stuff you you get to escape into that world so um i i could see that there would be a big connection between you know yeah that's that's the main thing is nerd culture for the most part is escapism yeah in one way or another and it's also a big part of of people with mental issues how they deal with them is a lot of times escapism which for better or worse is an answer it might not be the right one but it is an answer when i was in high school my whole nerdy thing was i'd be in a corner away from everybody reading a D book while listening marilyn manson on giant headphones nice that was a nine inch nails chick <laughs> with a disc man <laughs> well yeah <laughs> I, I, I was i i, I remember <laughs> i mean i you guys you know i know you're my age now but you still make me feel old um <laughs> I remember when the DVD came out, was invented, um, and and we saw it ahead of time at a fair, at a state's fair, and I had no interest in it until they told me that I can watch both dubbed and subtitled Japanese language on the same disc, and I was like, sold. That was the only reason why I bought a DVD player. Do you you remember Divix? We brought this up in a previous episode, and I remember Divix, and no one else did. What is it? They were like rental DVDs that you bought them cheap, and you could only watch the movie, like, during a certain period of time and the disc would expire and it wouldn't work anymore no i don't i don't remember that at all yeah they came out when dvds were new something special about the code had one i had a divix player i had a laser disc player for one anime only wow i i it was i don't i was so obsessed with this anime called fashugi yugi and I had it bootlegged oh, on wow. tape. All right. <laughs> yeah, I had it bootlegged on tape, and then it DVD. There was no DVD yet, so I bought a laser disc player and a laser disc wow. just to watch it in uh and and better than uh, a tape, and that was wow. it. I don't even know if I watched it more than once. Like it, and then like a month later, DVDs came out. Um, Uncompressed digital format. Nice. Oh, it, <laughs> it was huge. They were like the record players of yeah, old. But they were thick, and they you could like were... kill somebody with one of them. Fushigi oh Yugi God. was a early isekai? Yes. Cool. Now, I mean, now, what is it called? Mysterious Play, right? I think it's Mysterious Play, is how yeah. it was. In the, uh, the state but yeah that was uh that was i used to go to the the shops in new york city so mm. i got to get manga they look at you like you're insane because you they don't speak any english and i don't speak any see, japanese yeah but- see I, I grew up having to go having to uh pilgrimage to little tokyo in downtown la so. yeah 
yeah, we, you know, they didn't have in Barnes and Nobles. These kids, they are so spoiled. But I, I had to go to New York City and I would go with one of the nerds I was dating and I would walk in and they would be, look at us like we're going to steal. And then you buy like $500 worth of stuff on a credit card and they, they remember you every other time after that. So, <laughs> uh, yep. They don't mind you come back then. Yeah. I remember going to anime conventions to the manga booths and waiting for the last day and getting the, 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 what was it, the, the four for a dollar, four for one pricing deals because they didn't want to haul them back home. <laughs> oh man, I, I bought the coolest stuff at anime conventions, but I did the stupidest things. Like I took a train, which now that I think about it, I'm really surprised my mom let me take a train and a bus with like nine guys. But um, I, I remember, I don't know if you know Amigami-sama, but I had this gorgeous belladonna statue like an idiot that was super delicate. She was an angel and she had these wings and these feathers and I was like, how the fuck do I bring this on the fucking train? Like it was just like <laughs> the dumbest thing I could have bought at an anime convention. But you know, back to the old ageism that you could not buy it, you know, online. You couldn't it was it. Unless you want to put it together, which I did not. Um but yeah that was that was one of the stupidest the stupidest things I ever and by the way, if you've never seen Amigami Sama, it's actually really good. It's uh English version is uh Oh, oh My Goddess. Yep, so, Oh My Goddess. It's freaking gorgeous, man. That was a good anime. I haven't watched that in forever. I usually watch, you know, Tamako uh Tanaka uh Akahashi, but hmm. and of course everyone knows like um you know uh what is it the well my favorite's Laputa, but uh Castle in the Sky Okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why I love that one. I just think those two kids are so incredibly cute together. Like they're just it's just a weird anime. But anyway, engine on anime. But yeah, next. <laughs> you got any questions, David? Oh man. Uh let's see. Let's see. Uh this is why we have the sample. Question. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh... Yeah, there we go. Uh, what are some healthy social groups that are affiliated with nerd culture? Oh, um, healthy. Gosh, that's a hard one. That well, I guess hard. I guess social groups are diverse. I guess there are healthy role playing groups. Yeah. Um, I mean, there there are a lot of nerd communities that are quite wholesome and quite you know, supportive and nice and cool cool to hang with. Dragon, and there are magic things like that. Yeah, there are also some that are very toxic. There's but, one oh, that you're a part of that's very healthy, mostly. Renfair. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, a, David I'm works at Renfair. Of, I'm a yeah. cast member of the Renfair out here. Like the Renaissance Fair? Yes. Yeah, Renaissance Oh, fair. yeah. I have a... I have a... <laughs> I have a wench's outfit. <laughs> yeah, I I think to some outsiders, people would think it's not entirely. But being how closely I've been involved with Renfair, I could say that most people that have worked at Renfair are very well balanced human beings. They have an it outlet. Is a, it they is may a have very issues, they get very, out. It is a very inclusive community, and they take care of their own, like a circus. A lot of yeah, but I used very to go like four times a year, but. COVID huh? shut it all down, and now I haven't been to them oh. since COVID, which sucks because literally the last of the season of the year before, I spent four hundred dollars on the wench outfit, and I've yet to freaking mm. wear it. Well, I am one of the I am one of the uh, the 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 keepers of the gate at the Cal Southern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair. There Pleasure are fair does not sound like the same thing as a Ren Fair, but it it is. It's the actually it's Southern California's is actually the original Renaissance Fair that mm -hmm. every other Renaissance Fair in the country owes, owes uh, its stripes to. It's 
it's the original Renaissance fair for recreations of fairs from the Renaissance. <laughs> we uh, we actually, I think we just did our 56th season. Bloody hell. Yeah, it it's a cool event. I used to live out there and I, I'm in the Pacific Northwest now, but I one of these days I'll make it to the one out here. The pandemic got in the way of me getting around to do it. But one of the I will, I will never go to California. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's hot. It's hot. It's a whole other world. I feel like I need a passport to go there. I don't want to drive in the streets. I just, there's nothing. I And it's fall. I don't like to fly. So, um. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably never get there. I mean, uh, there's, there, there, every now and then the ground shakes too. Well, it, I, mean... I heard that. I used to go to the New York Ren Fairs because I lived in New York. Um, but uh, there's one in Tuxedo Wood, Tuxedo Forest, Tuxedo something. Um, and that was pretty cool. It's permanent structure. Yeah. Nashville had a permanent structure, and my client just told me that they took away the boob shirts which is the wench outfit so i i would not want to go um and they took away mead which i don't drink at all but those are the two reasons why most guys go to the ren fair um, wow that sounds like it's not going to be a red for very much longer well she <laughs> suspects that the guy is trying to make it so that they have to sell and move because he wants to sell it um but it has permanent castles on the property uh yeah but see wants that's... to go to a red fair that boob shirts man that's the whole point that's the thing about the la one is we don't have a our site's not permanent we have to build our site every year oh yeah see this is this is I, I used to go to it when it was at the other location mm -hmm. yeah the um the um what was the question i had i so mental health this is something worth sharing because you shared about your dyslexia and how anxiety is related to it i have severe adhd <laughs> and um our listeners have gone through that journey with me because i was diagnosed just a few years ago and like have talked about it on the show and talked about medication and stuff just so recently me, started taking drugs yeah so uh, for me a big part of nerd culture and mental health is having communities that i can be transparent with and are supporting um i have to say social media not public social media but private social media has been a great outlet for me yeah social media i mean everyone bitches and complains about social media but they're still all on it i i don't have issues on social media i actually do quite well on there i have 5.3 thousand followers on twitter i have close I mean, to 5 thousand friends on Facebook, as, so. as as my grandfather used to say uh, some people will complain if they're hung with a new rope i mean <laughs> 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 um, I've never heard that one, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's, I don't know. I feel like people create their own misery um, and they just seem to find joy in that misery. Like it's like a, such a conundrum of a situation. It's that's the crab it's the crab mentality yeah they can't they can't live without it but they're miserable in it and mm. i just I, I don't get i've never had the mentality if something doesn't make me happy i don't do it i mean whenever rp got too drama filled because i i would get you know too involved with people on those then i would leave i i had breaks in between uh i i think my longest break was six years that's how bad it was it was wow. six yeah it was awful i it it, it went into you know uh catfish game and it was just, yeah it was just awful and Been there. yeah it was it was it was two years it was two years of it so um that was awful 
Um, so I left it. And the only reason why I started up again was I was cleaning out one of my rooms and I found a jump drive. Um, and I, all my stories were on there. And that's why I started role playing again. So had I not found that jump drive, I would not be here. I can count it back as much as I want. Like I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have written comic books without it. But if I never watched, if I never played Resident Evil 2, I would have never written. If I never saw Stay Alive, I wouldn't have learned about role play. So I, I can trace it back to, well, good thing this happened and good thing this happened and all that stuff. But yeah. How's the medication working for you? He's muted. He does that. Oh, <laughs> I can hear you. I just mute because I was typing. <laughs> so uh, is the medication working for you? Um, most. Um, so it's a it's a whole process. Um, I was having some. It was working really well for about a year, and then I started noticing some focus drifting. So I got it raised, maybe a little bit better, but still some focus drifting on occasion. So I actually just started therapy a few, um, um, maybe a couple months ago, which is helping a lot, helping me develop some tools for help. But um, I might be going to a medication. a medication specialist that does exercises to determine the to dial in the right dosage and stuff like that there's a lot of work associated with it um but um when i've taken days off from the meds it's really obvious that they're they're helping it's just tough because you have to take quite a few days off because the first day is a hangover because there's withdrawal symptoms when you stop taking them um so i'm on a time release medication called concerta which i take once it's not like adderall that i have to take it multiple times throughout the day so i take one in the morning because i didn't want to have to keep track of taking like four pills and it it's pretty good um it definitely is a lot more focused i find that for me emotional regulation was the thing that the drugs affect the most because i can still get things done and focused on accomplishing tasks but i get a lot more stressed about it when i'm not on the meds and oh what a lot of people don't realize about ADHD is it's not just attention. Um, if your dopamine is all over the place, emotions are hard to regulate. So it can be like either really, really solemn and quiet or big deal reactions to things and rejection sensitivity, dysphoria and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's... um to clarify that, I threw that term out, but to clarify that, it's like if somebody says something, I could feel like it means more than it does, like have these like unexplained emotional reactions to things. And that's really connected to the ADHD. I I took care of somebody that got kicked out of their house. Actually, I kicked out of their house for being gay, but they got kicked out of the house and I took them in. They were just a teenager and I didn't really know them that well, but I took them in and he wound up being severely bipolar. Um, so I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone that has severe bipolar. Everyone thinks it's, uh, oh, you have mood swings. Um, but there's more to it. There's, um, ideas of grandeur where they just, they just will literally one day decide to wake up and drive, which he did drive four states over to, 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 uh, uh to American Idol. Cause they think they can sing even though they've never sang a note in their life or, um, they spend all their money on the credit cards, um, and all that. And, you know, people talk about medication and, t- and, and stuff, um, which is obviously extremely important. Um, I actually had him on, um, uh, and I don't recommend this, uh, but I, he wouldn't go to the doctor. So I had to resort to, um, holistic type 
uh, vitamins and certain minerals and stuff. I actually got him. It took me six weeks to get him regulated on this regiment of, of routine and vitamins and minerals and everything. And he did amazing for two years, year, at least a year. And I don't know if you know, again, anything about bipolar. They can't handle change. If anything happens to ruin the routine, they go ballistic, kind of like an autistic person. My, my nephew's autistic. So it's kind of like that where they just they have this routine. Um, so I had met somebody that had moved in um, and it threw him off and he went off his routine. It went off his meds um, and he almost killed me twice. Um, he almost drove me into a tree. Uh, he threatened me with uh, a weapon and all that stuff. So um, he actually had to go uh, and get on meds. Um, so I know when he finally went on, there are some... Is he doing okay now? Um, I have not spoken to him in a decade, pretty much, but my mother ran into him last year and she said he's much better. Oh, good. He went ballistic in New York City and was walking barefoot through Chinatown and into, I think they put him into Bellevue, if you know, Bellevue is a huge hospital. Um, and he actually called me to get him out of it and... I wind up telling the doctor that he needs to stay there um, because I can't regulate his quote unquote, you know, the natural meds. Uh, he needed something stronger. So um, he wound up getting on really strong meds. But like you, it was it was there were side effects. You have to learn to regulate it, um, to not get off of it. Because I don't know if you have this problem because yours, your ADHD, I'm assuming you're I don't want to say you're insane when you're bipolar. He would literally get insane when he was. Not I can I can I can give you a little help here. My father was schizoaffective bipolar yeah if that helps so yeah. i know it's a lot more than just mood swings i it's, mean he, yeah he would literally can, threaten, yeah he would he would drive to rent this is not a kid you know he used to hold down jobs and i had paid off all his debt and when he went off his meds he put like six thousand on it in like two weeks like it was just through the roof he would drive till he had no gas um and he would call triple a and i had to take him off triple a because triple a was threatening uh at me to pay because they he would call them to bring him gas um he threatened his father with a butcher knife in the middle of the night for no reason i mean it was just it was just awful so when he finally got on his meds it was it was much much better um I mean, I used to cry. I'm not a crier. I've cried like six times in my life, but him was two of them. And because he went from pretty much being like my son to like trying to kill me, um, which was, you know, so heartbreaking for it, you know. And of course, I felt guilty because it was because the person moved in that changed everything. Um, but uh, when they're on meds, kind of like a schizophrenic, when they're on meds, when it's going well, they think they don't need the meds anymore because it's going well and they wind up getting off of it. And then, uh, of course, they go, you know, crazy again. Manic. It's called manic when you're bipolar and um, he would go manic. But from what I heard, he's he's been on it for a long time now and he's gotten better. Um He's like 10 years younger than me. So um, how, how did you keep yourself mentally healthy when you were going through all that? You know, that is I, I would have to say that role play was the huge is outlet because I mean, when he was OK, it was still a lot, you know, because it was still taking care of a person that needs to be taken care of. I had to watch his every move. 
I had to take away his credit cards. I bought him a car. I mean, I pretty much had to watch everything. Um, but when he went ballistic, a manic is probably the nice way to put it. When he went manic, <laughs> um, he would like be yelling and screaming at me. And it was a completely different person. Um, I, I would say that's probably when I got more into writing than anything, because it was my only escape, like you said. I mean, because I was trapped in this house with this, you know, an apartment with this person. Uh, there was nowhere to go. You know, I'd go from work to home because I had to watch him or or whatever. So the only escape I had was either video games or role play. So that was pretty much my outlets for it because it's extremely intense to have somebody that you've known for over a year uh, suddenly turn on you. You know, I mean, it's terrifying, especially in the driving when he was driving and he almost drove us into a tree. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying because you you have no control of the situation. There's nothing you can do. And to not have that kind of control, especially I'm a control freak. Um, So to not have that control was double hard for me because now I have I have lost my normal control, but I've also lost everything control that was in my life. Um, So, yeah, it was incredibly difficult. And I'm surprised I didn't spiral more out of control. Probably trying to focus on getting him back to normal helped me to not spiral out of control because I didn't have a choice. Um, But yeah, it was it was incredibly difficult to deal with that kind of situation. And and like I said, it's like heartbreaking. Like you're like this person was why is this person doing this? You know, why, why does it, uh, why is he trying to kill me when, you know, two months ago he called me, you know, his mom or sister or whatever. So it's just, and it's not their fault. And that's makes it even worse because you can't get mad at them. You know, it's not like you could say, oh, this jerk, he, he tried to kill me. I you really know? appreciate you sharing that story because, yeah. So my, ex- my experience with bipolar was my father, in my own experience, was always well managed with medication. So I never experienced all the stories I've heard. And I understand that there were some pretty hard times for a lot of people in my family with my dad. But from my, from my like memory childhood on, he was always medicated. So, and you know, he's in his, he's still around. He's in his, he's in his, um, seventies now and he's still medicated. And he, yeah. So he doesn't have this. He doesn't have, you know, that I, I never had that. Like there was one time my, so my dad lives on the East Coast and I was in the West Coast and I got a phone call and my dad had made a mistake with his medication and he was talking nonsense. And I have to say it was really scary because I'd only heard stories. I knew what was going on. I managed to call a family member. It got straightened out by the end of the day and he was fine. But it was like, I, it was one of those things where it was like, I always knew it was true but I never got to experience it. So it was like part of my brain never really admitted that it was real mm-hmm. until I got to experience it. But I'm very grateful that he he managed to get his, you know, get straightened out with medication. And I understand it was serious because, you know, with, with schizoaffective bipolar, it's like schizophrenia. I mean, you could have hallucinations in addition to the, in addition to the manic and depressed stages of of that mental illness and so i really appreciate your your story and it's nice that you were able to try to help a friend that way and somebody younger and try to take care of them and i just really really appreciate that and i can't even imagine what that was like and well it was tough knowing my family owned me over it really yeah my my mom did we we actually didn't speak for probably a year until a year after it it ended um because we didn't like it that i took care of this person um so i don't know you know talking about how 
talking about how nerd culture is for mental health, it shows that since you're a writer, you're you have a creative profession, you and you you've had a creative hobby for years, you've been involved in role playing, it makes it so you can be mentally healthy enough to be able to help other people. And I think that's true a lot about a lot of people in our community. We have so many people who are involved in charities and involved in helping other people and they probably couldn't do that if they weren't parts of these big supportive communities. And sometimes it's the support helps them make those changes or the support gives them an example, which makes them want to pay it forward. You and know, that's probably, that's a good, I, I never thought of that before because I, I have become the unofficial PR person for like new, I'm still new. I've only been making comics for seven months, um, but I have become intertwined with the indie community because I really like helping people and sharing and we promote each other and we back each other. And and it's it's I think it's a it's a way to, like you said, pay it forward, um, but also to uh, help stabilize stuff, because when you help others in a way, you're kind of helping con not control the person, but like help them stabilize their life and get their own control and order. Um, because a lot of people might not know a direction until you help them find it, you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the indie community, I, I don't know how deeply entwined you are with the indie comic community, but it's incredibly supportive. I've heard otherwise, but I, I, I might just be lucky. But everyone in my group is very supportive um, and they look out for each other and, you know, we'll back each other up if we need them and, and all that. So, yeah. Well, I am going to cut this topic short a little bit early because I want to give you some time to promote, but I also want to give David a reprieve from the heat because we still need to do our bonus episode, <laughs> but we're going to cut a little bit early because I know he's 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 literally dying slowly over it here. is it is so fucking hot so, in this room. <laughs> uh, my god do you have any specific work you would like to promote and if you have a place that our listeners can reach out to you please share it with us me yeah uh yeah um i well um i don't know when this will post oh um, we post we post on the following friday okay so august 15th is my live campaign for issue six um it it's going to go live uh, August 15th and um my story is uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Supernatural in Silent Hill and the Resident Evil world so it's got all that smushed in there um like I said before there's angels and demons and all that uh, <clears throat> the easiest way to find me on is Kickstarter is just search worthy chaos with the only thing that pops up um I I um I pretty much have a campaign every other month like clockwork so 4 weeks after we end I start the new one um my artist is incredibly fast, incredibly amazing. And I already have the 45 issues written for this series, so it goes pretty fast. Um, so seven's already pretty much done. It'll probably be done in the next two weeks. And that doesn't even launch until October 3rd, and it'll end on Halloween. And then book two will be January uh, 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. And the hardcover, which is 222 pages, will be out for the first uh, seven uh, issues. Wow. Um, and, yeah. And book and then and then book two, chapter one will start. Um, uh, so book one is seven issues. Book two is seven issues. Book three, we kind of went a little ballistic because it's uh, I'm not supposed to have favorites. It's my favorite. It's Resident Evil 2. They're trapped in a zombie infested city for 10 issues, uh, trying to get out with survivors and, and lab created monsters and all that stuff. Um, the infection, I can't give it away but there's something incredibly special about it um so uh that's 10 issues for book three and four and five i haven't converted yet um but they're probably about 
12 and 14 issues there. So um, you can also find me on Twitter, which is at worthy underscore chaos. We also have a Facebook group, which is about 600. And actually, it just changed, but it was 666. Um, we have 666 members in there. It's worthy chaos redemption on Facebook. And you can join anyone can join the group. Uh, and as an indie creator, you can post your own stuff, your own Kickstarters. As an artist, you can post your own as podcasters, you can post your site we're very indie um supportive and we like to have everyone you know support their own work it's not just our group we like to share it with others um oh that's very cool clarissa i very much appreciate that we'll probably participate yeah awesome and we also show like covers we have a cover from a dc artist that worked on batman and oh nice uh, yeah ken hunt he worked on batman superman harley quinn uh, it was colored. I don't know if you know Lady Death Universe, but we have the current uh, internal colorist, C.C. Dela Cruz. She colored uh, the seventh issue and she's coloring the hardcover cover for the graphic novel. Very cool. Um, yeah. And then we have Ian Chase Nichols, who did cover for two and cover for six, which is what's coming out. Uh, he worked on The Tick, Teenage Ninja Turtles and Red Sonja, among many others. Um, so we have a lot. Oh, and we're also I've been called Merch Queen. We have a ton of merch. A lot of merch for the people that have the videos. This is Anubis plushie. Um, <laughs> we have demon plushies, skeleton bird plushies, uh, zombie merman plushies. Um, we have statues, uh, 3D and handmade. We have pillows. We have gold-plated coins. Um, we have tabletop RPG miniature prints. Um, we have a lot of merch. <laughs> wow, that's that's impressive that's really cool <laughs> i have i have one promotion for myself um so um listeners uh, this is i'm saying this really early so you have lots of notice um september 22nd through the 24th of this year i am going to be at rose city comic-con so Woo-hoo. if you are going to be in the portland oregon area reach out um through um uh, brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com or um at super vegan brian on twitter and let me know and we can work something out. So um, that's it for our episode. Holy, you know, holy fuck, Clarissa. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, a very, very interesting topic, Clarissa. I, um, you know, everybody, please check out Worthy Chaos Redemption. Um, that's the current series, right? Yep. And I, I've personally seen the artwork and I've gotten excited. I haven't had a chance to look yet. Um, but um, I, I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but it reminded me of the Dresden Files comic books, like when I looked at the artwork. Um, but it, it that made me excited because we're huge Dresden Files nerds here. Um, but um, that's it for our episode. So um, I've been Super Vegan Brian. I'm joined by David, the other host of the podcast. Seriously, send help. <laughs> and um just once again thank you to carissa grant um for just being here and reaching out to us and you know hunting us down and ask doing that cold message <laughs> can i be on the show because <laughs> that takes a huge amount of bravery and very strong mental health and it's just proof that if you want to be healthy be a comic book writer that's right we we, this, we know what we're doing this <laughs> has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. I'm melting.